Coming up, the Cougars win back-to-back -back games and move into the AP Top 25 ahead of a battle in Seattle. We are live in Studio C with Kalani and Fessy Satake and lineman Austin Hoyt as BYU football with Kalani Satake starts now. Roll right. Let's it go. Finds his guy. Touchdown. Hill for a first down and more. Hurdles his way. Touchdown. Quarterback tied up, waiting, waiting. Here's the pass. Touchdown! Lost a loop. Loop on the sidelines and a play. Chased second chaser gets him. It's Corbin Kafusi. End zone has Shumway there. Makes the leap and touchdown. Talon Shumway. Back to his left. Hand off to Tola. A big hit. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We welcome you inside Studio C, inside the beautiful BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah, for the simulcast on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. And we invite you to join the conversation by submitting questions for tonight's guests on Twitter using hashtag Satake Show, as well as Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. And to get tonight's show on the road, let's bring him in straight off the practice field, the head coach of your BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. <laughs> How are you doing? See my family here. Oh, my nice, comfortable chair. <laughs> how, was, uh, how was practice today? It was good. Yeah, really good. Um, had a good day yesterday, another one today, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the week, you know, preparing the right way. We do, we do well when we prepare well, so uh, looking forward to continuing it and, and uh, the, the progress that we're making and really just need to see a really good game this weekend and what you know, a really great time for our, our team to play our best game of the year and do it this weekend. Well, congrats on uh, getting to 3-1 and one this past weekend. Yeah, thank you. It's fun. Only, only, one, only one way it could be better, but we'll just have to let that drive us to the next one. So, <laughs> What do you want to see better? Um, I, I think there's just a lot of things that uh, we've seen probably be a lot cleaner as a, you know, with our game. We, we had a lot of missed assignments and broken plays. Um, Plays that we're really good at on offense and some missed assignments on defense. Um, just got a slow start, you know what I mean? So um, let's just start fast. And, and um, what we did in the second quarter, I just I'd like to see us start quicker. But um, you know, I think I think we have some ideas on what we're going to do as a team and uh, kind of loosen our guys up a little bit and, um, and and get them ready for the game. But it was good to be at home and, and get a win in Lavelle's house. And uh, you know, we'll build off of it. We'll. We make our corrections and demand our guys get better, and um, it's nice coming off of a win, you know. So that, that that's something that we can build off of. And um, we're sitting here complaining about winning 30 to three, so um, and being a ranked team. And so, uh, with all that said and done, we know we can be so much better. So I think we're sitting in a good position, and just be thankful for the the, the progress that we've made, but really know that we're so much better than what we've already shown. Let's talk about how it went down on the first day of fall in front of 53,000-plus at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU and McNeese and the uh, Cowboys got on top first, uh, scored first. They went up 3 nothing in the first quarter on you. Yeah, they had some big plays, and we had some mistakes, you know, that uh, obviously this turnover and put our defense in some bad position. Field position is where we declined the holding penalty to 
uh, just wanted to get out of the third down and force them to kick it. We felt good about the, our field goal block and, uh, you know, we got them pinned back, had some long distance, but um, just need to find ways to wake up in the first quarter. It just wasn't our style of defense and, and uh, we're making mistakes. Guys are wide open and so uh, that wasn't going to fly. First quarter ended with McNeese on oh, top 3 nothing. and uh, what are you doing here? Just telling him how much I love him and <laughs> all you have to do is read my lips, right? So love you, you guys are awesome. So, so we Let's see Kalani getting emotional goal. with his guys and then we get this. In the second quarter, it's a blocked field goal by Corbin Kafusi. It's a return by Troy Warner. And this is when BYU really got going as when plays on special teams and defense, Kalani really set up your offense. Yeah, and, and the, we needed it. We needed a spark from them. And, and um, you know, I think uh, it, was, it was like everyone was waiting for someone else to make the play. And uh, I think it was good that we just took the initiative on defense and made some plays and it, it allowed our offense to get rolling a little bit in this quarter. It was a big day for Lopini Katoa. He had two touchdowns on the day and the first rushing score puts BYU up 6-3, PAT 7-3. And then things really start to click. Tanner Jacobson picks off a pass as he's back in the defensive backfield and he sets you up with another short field. He's done a great job for us and, and a guy that's uh, been game ready. You know, we moved in positions. He was came overcame some injury and was just waiting for his chance and then uh, made his reps count, you know. So I, I was really pleased with what he did as, as a safety for us. And here's a nice Saturday. little pump and short go to uh, Talon Shumway in the back yeah, corner of the end zone. Great connection. We've seen Talon do this over and over again in practice and scrimmages, so it was nice to see him do it to somebody else for once, you know. And <laughs> um, It was a good setup, and I thought uh, Tanner put a good ball up for him. And then Lopini again on the second touchdown. Uh, give a lot of credit to the guys up front blocking. You see the Moroni, and then you see the, the, the linemen up front for, uh, opening the holes for him. So BYU's up 21-3 to at that point, and they're not done scoring in the first half. As late in the second quarter, a fumble forced uh, Shelton and Sawyer Powell combined on the uh, takeaway, and that set you up with another short field. And right before the break, before you go in at halftime, it's, uh, it's Skyler Southam time. Yeah, and, and uh, just really pleased with what Skyler can do as a kicker. And for a guy that's been you know home from a mission not too long, but not even a year yet, but he's been working really hard on his leg, and we have a lot of confidence in him. And... You know, I didn't I, stop going for it on fourth down and felt really comfortable with us owning the game and controlling it and knew that he could, he could be automatic for us with, with the field goal. All the scoring in the second half was from Skyler Southam. A shorter field goal followed by a pick from Rhett Sandlin. And that set, sets BYU up with another shorter field. But it ended up being a longish field goal look for Skyler Southam. It was 47. And this Kalani 47-yard uh, field goal to make it your final score of 30-3. to That's the longest field goal for a BYU kicker in eight years. Yeah, he's, he's only a freshman, so there's a lot, of, a lot of field goals for us to make. Want more PATs, though, in field goals. Yeah, that's what you hope, exactly. And he hasn't missed one, by the way, yet. Uh, late in the game, uh, BYU forces yet another takeaway. It's fourth takeaway of the game. So you end up finishing up a plus three in turnover margin. And uh, that sets you up to end the game in possession. And with a 30-3 to win, it was time to celebrate and time to watch Coach Tuiaki break it down. <laughs> it's way better moves than I have, but uh, and wait for it, wait for it. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Hard, hard to do that on carpet. Yeah. So, so we had so fun in there. A bit of a break dancing flair from uh, Coach Tuiaki. That's good. And uh, and you know, and, and you made the point after the game too. You need to take time to celebrate. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, the game didn't go as perfectly as we wanted it to, you know. And we know that we left a lot of points, but um, to come away with a win. Over a dangerous team uh, like McNeese, uh, I thought, you know, I thought we were a little bit down on ourselves after the game, 
and in the locker room, we just that can't happen. You know, um, just appreciate the fact that we won and that we can build on it, and and uh, let's try to make it work on on, on Monday when we try to improve. But uh, yeah, we have to win. We didn't. Uh, that's what we've been working this off, this whole off season for a win. And if you had told me we win the game before the game, 30 to three, I would have taken it. And so, how come everyone's so upset about it? You know, so. Uh, and, and our players, it's just that they expect so much from themselves and um, they probably put a little bit, little bit too much pressure on themselves. So um, we just got to let loose and have fun this week. And what, what else we got to lose? You know, we have big underdogs, so let's go see what we can get done. The game ended, as you mentioned, 30-3, to and you did have the ball in possession as time wound down. I think you were inside the five-yard line in the closing seconds. So the game was won, and you were not looking to score anymore. And that was recognized by McNeese's head coach. Uh, Lance Gidry went on social media to uh, shout you out in a very positive way. He talked about uh, Kalani being a class act, and he says a lot of coaches would have tried to score another touchdown, but he talked about character and class and how lucky BYU is to have you, and I agree, and wish you luck in the next game and moving forward. And so he's a good guy with a, a good program, certainly at the FCS level, and they seem, they, they seem to really appreciate every aspect of their trip uh, here in Provo. Oh, yeah, and the, the, he was saying how wonderful the, the people in, in Provo have been to uh, their families and the, and the, the the people that travel to the game, uh, they said uh, our fans are just so hospitable and just great. Obviously, they got ice cream on a hot day, you know. And, um, I, I just think that uh, it's such a great, great example of what our people can do and, and how we can spread love and and and, the, and even the gospel and, our, and what we do and how we appreciate people and even our opponents. And um, that's going to go a long way. I, I I appreciate the quote that he gave that he, he put out on on Twitter, but. Uh, he's the same guy. I got to know him. I got to talk to him. And, um, you know, just a really good person. And I love the way his team plays. They're competitive. And I think they're going to do well in their, in their level. And wish them the best of luck. And then I know that Coach Grimes and he, has a, they have a relationship too. So whatever we can do to help them out. But the, um, the, the kneel down, that's something that we did when I played. Lavelle was not really big on running the score up. And, um, yeah, we, we can be better than that. It's, it, the score... Being trying to add more points just to get more touchdowns, uh, that doesn't really do much for us. I think we had enough reps there, and, and um, punching it in is not going to really do much for our team. And it was okay to take a knee. I think if it was up to me, I would have taken a knee earlier. <laughs> Let's take a look at how some of the numbers of note to help BYU improve to 13 and 0 all time against FCS opposition. And BYU with a lot of short fields didn't have a lot of yards to gain on some of those touchdown drives. They end up with uh, 291 yards, kept McNeese down to 207. The turnover margin was a big stat, of course, a plus three in the margin. That'll help you win a lot of games, and that's how it went down Saturday at Lavelle Bridge Stadium. And uh, you didn't need more points to impress the pollsters. Uh, the, the AP puts you up from 25th to 20th. The coaches move you up seven spots. You're just outside the top 25 there. And I know you, you say the rankings are the biggest thing in the world for you or your staff, but uh, I think it's, it's important for the program to get the kind of appreciation and recognition they're getting right now. Yeah, and we, we acknowledge that. I mean, that's the, the, the win in Wisconsin had a huge effect on that. But um, at the same time, we, were, we appreciate the ranking, but it's not something that we're just looking at and something that, that, that runs us. You know, for us, the, uh, it's, it just means, like I said, it's trending the right way, you know, and um, all this with us not even playing our best football yet. So what a great time to do it in Seattle. It was, <laughs> I can't wait, you know. So it's going to be a lot of fun and a, a great opponent. Um, Washington's a great program. I respect them a bunch. admire what they do as coaches and as a program. So it'll be a lot of fun, you know. And I'm looking forward to our guys playing their best game coming this Saturday. 
Our game stats, by the way, were presented by Nissan Intelligent <laughs> Mobility. Now the most exciting tech you own is in your driveway. It is BYU in Washington coming up next for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play. Watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, a look ahead to Saturday in Seattle. This is BYU Football. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life, and by Nissan, innovation that excites. Welcome back to our weekly show on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Time to look ahead to the fifth of BYU's five September games. Saturday's showdown in Seattle. Two top 20 teams going head-to-head. -head. Huskies have won three in a row, including their first two Pac-12 games, so a pair of three-in-one teams. And there's Miles Gaskin, the all-time career rushing leader in Washington Husky football history. He's a good one, and that goes for their quarterback and all these DBs. They're an excellent pass defense. Just a really well-rounded team, Kalani. Oh, yeah, a lot of speed and athleticism, and, um, you know, they're, they're really well coached. I know a lot of coaches on that staff, good friends with them, and um, so they'll, they'll be ready to play. They, I think they have a good thing set up there, and uh, they're expected to, to win, um, you know, consistently, and it'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll see what happens. I know we'll have representation there, too. The last time that BYU played in Seattle was an epic finish 10 years ago. A penalty on a Jake Locker touchdown with two seconds to play makes for a longer than normal PAT. Jan Jorgensen blocks it, and BYU wins it 28-27. Uh, about, about a decade before that, you were playing games up at Husky Stadium <laughs> as a player for BYU. And when you were suiting up for the Cougs, you got a few games against the Huskies. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And um, I think they, they've already done the stadium. Look at that. Oh, here no. he is, big 34. Not HDTV. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys got some... Uh, Got some bib action here. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go way back. Well, these are obviously the plays where I got the ball, right? But there's, um, you should see all my wonderful blocks. That's, uh, I was a fullback. That's what fullbacks do, but yeah. They were setting up screens for you. And there's our series history. This is the 10th game all time between BYU and Washington. There is that win in Seattle back in 2008. I cannot believe it's already been uh, 10 years since Jan made that play. And then the Huskies will uh, turn it back around and come back uh, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So it's, a, it's another P5 game on the road. And you've already gone on the road and, and, uh, and one at Arizona, one at Wisconsin. What's it taken to get those two wins? And can you kind of replicate that feeling or that vibe in, 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 in trying to get it done again here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, the first part is just to prepare the right way this week. And um, so far, we've done well. And this is Tuesday. You know, we've had two good practices. And... Looking forward to using up the rest of the days uh, leading up to Saturday. So I trust our coaches, and I, I know we have good enough players. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I, like I said, we, we have this road warrior me mentality. So um, just go out there and see what we can do. I, I, I don't want to make any statements. We'll just go out and play hard and, and uh, believe and see what the result will be. That's what you said would happen at Madison, too, though. You talked about mm -hmm. be believing, and there was a confidence, and then it, it turned out to be one of, the, one of the better days this program's ever had. So... Yeah, so we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens in part two. You played uh, this past game without a few starters. Uh, Diane Gomoloku, uh, Butch Pau, Zane Anderson, Braden Elbakri, to name a, a few guys. Um, will they be pacing to, to get back in here for you sooner than later? Yeah, I, I think the, the um, you know, we'll, we'll see how some of those guys uh, recover. The, the main thing is just if they can't practice really today and tomorrow and Thursday, it's going to be really hard for them to play in the game. So 
Um, we're, we, we look forward to getting some of those guys back, not all of them. Um, but, you know, we'll just keep, keep working with that and we'll stay competitive. And the guys that, that practice the best will play in the game on Saturday. It's been a good system for us and it's allowed our, our younger guys to, to um, get better and work harder because they know that uh, their time is just right around the corner and, and they could actually improve more, more playing time by uh, having a great week this week. The next man up have played well for you, even with those uh, with those guys being out. They have, and and I, I give a lot of credit to the coaches getting them ready, and and a lot of credit for them individually being ready and doing putting extra time into it. Um, you know, I think these guys have a lot of fun playing the game of football, and they appreciate it. And they want to make sure that they represent the right way when they they get out there and get their opportunity. So, um, a guy like Tanner Jacobson, who uh, has, hasn't seen a lot of reps, you know, and and be able to go in there on his first play and get a pick. That's a, that's a huge success story. We talk to our players about um, their roles, and, and it's only important as you make it. And so they have the decision, whether it's a scout team role or, uh, or a limited role with a special teams or a backup role or a starting role, uh, if they really want to highlight it, their choice, it's their choice to make it important and make it relevant. And Tanner and others like Gavin Fowler and others have done that in the past, and we're going to need more of those guys to step up and um, not really count their reps, but make their reps count. Okay. As we head to break, we want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen, a large grassy backyard along the Povo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. After this break, the coach takes your questions in studio and from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Here is our weekly update on Cougars in the NFL. After NFL Week 3, Taysom Hill just keeps doing, well, everything for, for New Orleans. <laughs> it's phenomenal to see what he's doing there with them and how much his head coach, Sean Payton, and Drew Brees just love having him on the team, making first downs, returning kicks, making blocks, doing it all except with the stuff Drew Brees does, and he does it pretty well. Fred Warner, another double-digit tackle day for the 49ers, and uh, Kyle Van Noy in a loss to the Lions, who, by the way, don't have Ziggy Ansel right now due to injury. So those three guys continue to figure prominently each week in the NFL. Fans, you can use hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter and comment on the BYU TV Sports Facebook and Instagram pages for a chance to see your questions asked during our Q&A session, which starts right now here in Studio C and live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And here in studio, we have Alexandra Days on with Kalani. Hey. How's it going? Um, my question is, what makes Washington different than um, other opponents that we've faced this season? They're well-balanced, and um, they're really disciplined. You know, um, we watch a lot of their, their film, and I, it's a huge compliment to their coaches and how they prepare their, their team, but um, always looking for breakdowns here and there, and there's not a lot of things that, that are um, not in order there. So really disciplined team, um, always looking for a place to do some fake punts and stuff like that, but we'll see if we found one or not. But it's really difficult because they're a well-coached team and really well-balanced. Thanks, Alexandra. Uh, from Twitter for this next question for Kalani, with only a week between games, uh, where do you find time to watch film and come up with a game plan, and how much film do you watch to prep for a game? And that was from at SalutMex on Twitter. Uh, you film the projectors. We burn them out, so um, we, we'll watch film, and usually... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights are pretty long for the, for the coaching staff. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, because we take the Sabbath day off and go to church and, um, you know, try not to think about it. We come in early in, on Mondays and then work late 
uh, late in the evening on both Monday, Tuesday, and then a little bit on Wednesday. And but yeah, we just watch film all the time. That's what we do. The projectors are all digital now. Let's make clear you're not you're not spooling film anymore. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not the old school. Yeah, we, we've, <laughs> BYU has helped us out with the technology. So, <laughs> all right, back in studio for uh, Josh Steiger. Hey, Josh. Hey, yeah. Just uh, my question is: Are there are there plans to? in the future, maybe against Washington, even to unleash the BYU uh, passing the aerial attack of old by chance? There is a chance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a chance for anything, so we'll see what happens. Whatever it takes to win the game is what we're going to do. And so I, I wouldn't, um, you know, if you would ask me Wisconsin, the same thing, I was like, there's a chance for a lot of different things to happen. And, uh, we'll see how the game goes, you know. I, I think we strategize as a, as a group, as a team, as a coaching staff together, offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, we know when to take the calculated risks and when to be a little bit more, um, you know, gamble a little bit more on the field, and, and um, we know when to be conservative. So we'll, we'll see whatever it takes to get us close, keeping the game close, and then finding ways to make sure that we capitalize on, on the big plays and, and find a way to get a win. From Instagram, at uh, CWWeed on Instagram, what's one main thing you want to see the defense do against Washington? Um, well, the, the, they, they can make guys miss, you know, so uh, missed tackles is a, is a big issue. They have such great athletes at, at, at um, all the skill positions and tight ends. I mean, all tight ends, running backs, receivers, quarterback, they, they do a great job of making people miss. So we really need to get to the ball and, and make sure that all 11 guys are headed to the ball. And, and uh, you know, if, if a guy misses, then he needs to be supported by two or three guys showing up right afterwards. So that's going to be the key is everybody hustling to the ball. And, and uh, if we do make, obviously we don't want to make, don't want to miss tackles, but it happens. But you can uh, minimize those mistakes with uh, effort and hard work. Okay, one more in-studio question to end our Q&A segment from Josh Spungberg. Hello, Josh. Hey, Coach. It's obvious to anyone paying attention that uh, you love the student-athletes here at BYU. Uh, what is it that makes you most proud of your athletes, be it on or off the field? Oh, just who they are. They, you know, good young men. I mean, they're not perfect, right? But uh, they, they love the Lord and they love their families, and that's uh, a big reason why they're here at BYU. They all came here because, it's a, because of what BYU stands for, and they love showing it on the field. And so... We ask our guys to play with sportsmanship and help guys up and then try to um, don't engage into trash talking, stuff like that. And they all, they all, it's all what they, it's in their fiber already. So they're good with it. They're humble young men. These guys have already sacrificed a bunch, a good number of my guys, a majority of my guys are certain missions. So they've sacrificed two years of their time. So it's, it's I love the, the, the players, but that's why I love the fans. Uh, you have the, they're just an extension of our players. So. You know, if we could have fan football, I bet you we'd win national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the question, Josh, and everyone else as well. Uh, fans, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Get better acquainted with Cougars past and present on Behind the Mic. It's a weekly hour of in-depth conversations. Wednesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern on BYU Radio. Tomorrow night, I'll be visiting with T.J. Haas and the aforementioned Jan Jorgensen. Coming up, offensive lineman Austin Hoyt joining us here in Studio C as BYU football with Kalani Satake continues on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU football with Kalani Satake on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Presented by Intermountain Healthcare. 
Well, four of BYU's starting five offensive linemen are taking their first BYU snaps this season. The other of the five is our next guest. He is the Wiley veteran of the front five. He is starting right tackle, Austin Hoyt. Bring him on out. Thanks for coming. Good to see you. Good, good. Your wife's over here with your baby. My Where is she? Oh, there she is. <laughs> Let's see who we have. Uh, Austin, tell us who we have uh, joining you here in, uh, in Studio C here tonight. So that's my, my wife, Christine, and then our little baby boy, Gabe. So. <laughs> what baby is this thing? Gabe is snapped out. Uh, yeah, he's big. How old is he? He's almost three months. So he's, he takes after me. He was a big boy. So. <laughs> how do you pronounce your, uh, your hometown name uh, in California? So it's pronounced Ione. I-O-N-E, I own California. Where is that? It's just outside Sacramento. It's a small town, about 3,000 people, kind of middle of nowhere. So, okay. it's uh, fun. In, in, your, in your bio, it talks a lot about uh, your receiving yards as a high school player. Yeah. So I'm guessing you weren't, you weren't strictly a right tackle your whole life because uh, here you are. That's a, that's a tight end number, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I was a 6'7", 270-pound tight end, so, <laughs> when did you when, when did you get the sense that uh, your future would not be at tight end? Uh, Coach Papinga, back in the day, came to me and said, yeah, you probably won't play tight end. We want you offensive tackle. And I said, great, wherever you need me, so. Do you miss, do you miss uh, having the ball in your hands? Uh, it's fun to go around and catch every now and then, but <laughs> I've come to love offensive line. Uh, any tackle-eligible stuff you've worked out for him yet? We always have stuff worked out for them because they dream of it. And, uh, I love the O-line room. They're, they're, they have the most fun in there, and, they're, and Austin's leading the way, and he's, that's why he's the captain. The guys love him, and um, I've been really proud of what he's done as a student and an athlete, and now you see him as a father and a husband. I, I love the fact that he's growing up. I mean, he even gained a lot of weight, you know. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now he has, he, has, he has a great shot at the next level, and, and um, just really proud of him. He's a great student, so... Uh, he's, he's exactly what we, if you're out there and you're a high school kid, just be like this guy, <laughs> get the grades, um, commit to the honor code and living your life the right way and, and uh, come out and gain some weight and play O-line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what you weighed when you got here six years ago before your mission and, and what you're uh, tipping the scales at now? Uh, so when I first started here, I think I was about 265, 270, and now I'm 315. So, <laughs> it's all good weight, right? Yeah, uh huh. No, luckily it's not too much flubber. So, <laughs> uh, last year was was a rough year for everybody. Obviously, how would you describe your personal state of mind when last season ended? So I think for me, I just wanted to do better than what we had ended the season last year, and that really drove me to do well in the winter workouts, to have a great spring ball, and then over summer, I feel like it was the summer where I've worked the hardest, where I've committed the most of my time and energy to the team. And I was, we've been able to see great results from that. And I think because of that, I've just had a lot more fun this year because over the summer, like the offensive line got really close together. I was able to just get to know a lot of my teammates better. And it was, has overall just been a great, great experience. You got a new offensive coordinator uh, in the offseason yeah. who mm -hmm. is, of course, uh, O-line is his thing. Yeah. And then he brought in a new O-line coach in Ryan Pugh. What, what would you say about uh, what Coach Grimes and Pugh have done for you and helped you along? 
So I think for me, they've helped me to really just love the physicality of the game. They always talk about toughness, about finishing, making your making the tackle with your man, like putting guys on the ground. So I think I've personally seen that develop a lot more in my game. It's it's fun just to run around and try to put guys on the ground and finish and. So I think their mindset and their, that mentality they brought has helped me a lot personally. Kalani, where have you seen Austin's game go to from last year to this set, let's say? Well, he's really versatile. He can play any of the positions, and he's really smart. As far as leadership and what he's done, um, how, how, what he expects his teammates to do, and uh, he, he set the way by being the example. You know, and I don't think anyone worked harder than Austin this offseason. And so it's easy. to The fact that he got voted captain, um, doesn't surprise me at all because they just not only is he a big guy, but he does everything right and um, That's just great to have guys like that on the team and uh, you know He, he believes in, in, in himself and he because of the comp he confidence he has and the hard work that he put into it And that's kind of infected the whole team with with that positive and the confidence and the positive outlook that they have in the season and it's just a lot of fun to see these guys roll. And they're nasty, too. Nasty with a smile. I mean, he's talking about putting people on the ground with a smile on his face. And, and then he helps them up, right? I mean, yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, all, it's, it's a fun thing to do. Now, from, from, uh, from, your left, or from your left to the other side of the line, you've got, uh, you've got Tristan, then you've got mm-hmm. James, and you've got Keanu, and you've got Brady, who are the other starters right now. Yeah. And all those four guys are taking their first BYU snaps this year. Yeah. This is the, like this is their, and this is their first go-around. You're the guy that's been around a little bit. Uh, what do you hope to kind of instill in them? And even though they are really new and kind of young, what do you say about those guys that have kind of stepped right in and, and picked it up? I think they've done a fantastic job. I think a lot of their work came from just over the summer, being able to just focus on their own technique and their work ethic. But I see those guys just having a great successful career here being able to continue to keep working hard and they have they all have a bright future ahead of them and uh, the BYU run game has been a real constant feature of of the games BYU's won this year Uh, what's made you guys a good offensive line even though you're really kind of working together for the first time here in these first few games I think really the I think Coach Pugh is a huge part of that, just the way he coaches us in film, the way we do extra walkthroughs before practice, after practice. We do a lot of things kind of behind the scenes to help us know our assignments, make sure we're communicating well. I think Coach Pugh and Coach Grimes have done a great job of helping us know what we're doing and just being able to communicate together as an offensive line. When you're watching film and you see Peeney get into the end zone almost being untouched, how much fun is that to watch as an O-line? It's it's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great to know that we're just doing our job and trying to do the best we can. And when we do that, people score, so it's great. We're with Austin Hoyt here on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Fans, if you're looking for an even more convenient way to shop at Smith's, try Smith's Click List, order online, then pick up curbside at the store. Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com. For details. After the break, we're joined by the second Satake on the staff, plus your questions for the Cougars head coach coming up in a bit. This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake. BYU Football with Kalani Satake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Welcome back. 
Reminder, use the hashtag, we have our own hashtag, hashtag Satake Show on Twitter. You can also comment on the BYU TV Sports Facebook and Instagram pages for a chance to see your question asked during our Q&A sessions coming up in a little bit. Tonight, you get two Satakes for the price of one. The show's namesake is always here on set, but tonight we welcome a second Satake. He is wide receivers coach and Kalani's cousin, Fessy Satake. See you. How are you? Good, Good to see you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> Alright, so we did it with Austin. Uh, who do you have with you here tonight? Um, I hope my wife. She's, She's right in the front row, wife. yes. See? There she is. <laughs> yep, her and then I my dad, I, I met him out in the parking lot and he tried to hold me back and talk stories, but I told him I gotta go do makeup, so <laughs> I'll catch up with him after. So. Good to have you here. You know, you are you are Kalani's cousin uh, by relation, but uh, you have an even closer uh, relationship uh, than that. For those who are unfamiliar, and there may be some who don't know the story, um, you, you, you have a, a, a rather uh, deep relationship with Kalani that goes beyond the simple relation. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, obviously, in the, in the world we live in, when when dads are brothers, their their kids are first cousins, and and that's what we are by title, and and what a lot of people refer to us as. But um, our our life experiences, the things we've gone through together, the way he's taken me in from a young age, and and has taken the role as as my older brother. It's that that's why we call each other um, brothers, and and so it's uh yeah. I mean, from a young age, there's there's specific memories I have and moments in my life where where I needed. Um, an older brother, and, and he was there and always there for me, and I'm not, I'll never forget it. And so that's, that's why we refer to each other as brothers. He's 10 years older than you, right? Yeah, he is. 10 years older and wiser. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you first remember about the young Fessy? Um, well, for, first of all, our families are really close. I'm close with all my first cousins. And, um, you know, we, so we, me and Fessy, we, we didn't have uh, uh, your typical upbringing, so we were always together. We, we had each other, we had our families, but, um, you know, just Fessy was always my brother. So when he, he was young, he always thought we were brothers. And I think Actual we were, brothers. Yeah, when he yeah. was 10, we told him that this is how it works here. We're actually cousins. And he started to cry. <laughs> and so that's when we said, okay, from now on, Fessy's my brother, you know, and, and that's, it's always been that way. And I've, all, I've been, I'm close with all my cousins and my uncles and my aunts, but um, Fessy's like my that's my guy, you know, so I, uh, there's, there's a reason why he became a, a, a coach and, and there's a reason why I forced him to come to Southern Utah to play for me there when I was a coach and uh, when he should have probably been here at BYU. But um, <laughs> we all grew up BYU, we love BYU and he's, he's a better version, um, way better person than I am and I'm just so proud of him. I try not to get too emotional here, but hey, I feel like he's my, he's my oldest son, you know, he's just like, we have that type of relationship and was there for him, and I'm just, I, I hope he, he knows how much I appreciate him. The, the relationship we have now is really, has always been like a brother, but um, from head coach to assistant, the business is still business, and, and we, we respect that, but uh, I think it makes it even, I can get on him even more because he's my <laughs> brother. You know what I mean? I, I can actually punch him in the stomach if I want to, but, <laughs> but I don't do that because I love him. <laughs> You and Kalani, your paths have crossed professionally for a long time. And not just Kalani, there are a lot of guys on this staff that uh, you've been with or around over a number of years, isn't it? Yeah, I uh, played for Coach Lamb um, 
uh, really, be, in 2004, before I even uh, left on a mission, Coach Roderick was my position coach. Kalani was there coaching um, at Southern Utah. Then when I left on a mission and returned home, I was all set to, to go to the University of Utah, was enrolled in classes, and then started doing player run practices with the team. And uh, in the meantime, Coach Lamb had just gotten the head job at Southern Utah, and uh, like three or four days before school had started at Utah, um, he got word from uh, some of the coaches who had come from there that me and a couple of my friends just returned home from missions and were getting ready to go to Utah and that if he could pull um, you know, some of us down there, he'd be on a good start. And so he, he gave the greatest recruiting pitch of his life and I, I bought it and, and it, was the, it was the best decision I, I ever made. And th that year actually Utah won the Sugar Bowl and I was, I was wondering, I was like, did I make the right decision? But, uh, <laughs> but quickly after I, I realized why I was supposed to go down there. And so I've, I've been working with a lot of the coaches on staff and that, that was one of the reasons it made it so easy to, to come here. You were a great wide receiver at, uh, at Southern Utah. Now you coach the position and uh, Austin, from your position on the offensive line, you've been able to observe Fessy's style a little bit. Uh, what does yeah. he bring to BYU? I think he just brings a lot of passion to the wide receivers group. I always see them doing a lot of extra work. If, if they've had a rough day, they do up-downs after practice. And, and <laughs> he just really helps them work hard, help them, helps them be focused. And I think he's just brought a lot of energy to that group especially. How do you like your group, your first wide receiver group at BYU? I love them. I've got a good situation where I've got a, a lot of just really good receivers. And I've been in situations before where you've got maybe two, three, four good guys and you kind of got to roll with them and, and just deal with the ups and downs. Here we've got eight, nine receivers that can play in any given week. And so I'm able week, week by week to uh, make those decisions of who's going to play by committee. And the guys who practice the best and are, are, are the most reliable that week are going to be the ones who, who play. And so they all understand that philosophy. They all um, have bought in and, and they've got great attitudes about it. And I'm super fortunate to be able to, to work, work with these guys. When it comes to the pass game, you're not chasing numbers, but you are chasing efficiency and productivity and points, and that should all come together here for you. Yeah, and, and there's no question that, you know, our receivers know as well as anyone that, that we need to improve and do our part in the passing game. But what a lot of people fail to realize is how much um, those guys are, are involved in the offense and in the run game. And, and there's a lot of different things we do that in, involve them and, and um, being a multiple offense. And so they've got to be smart and they've got to put themselves in a lot of situations where, um, you know, where, where decisions have to be made. And so I, I think uh, a lot of that is, isn't seen. And so credit to them. They, they work so hard and they, they do a good job at understanding this offense. And just week by week, we got to improve. And, and show up and help the offense. Okay, get comfy. We had questions and answers for Kalani earlier. We've got uh, you and Austin facing Cougar Nation coming up next. So stick around for that. Mondays at 1 Eastern, we talk with BYU football's coordinators on the Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Land. It's Mondays at 1 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. After the break, Fessy and Austin interact with Cougar Nation as BYU football with Kalani Satake continues. Tanner Mangum, senior quarterback, favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption, favorite non-BYU sports team, New England Patriots, Bugless Place to Go, Southern Chili, favorite music group or artist, uh, St. Rickless, Ricky Shumway, favorite food, a mom's chicken corn chowder, or rather sing or dance, sing, Beecher Mountains, Mountains, favorite TV show, Jeopardy, favorite non-football hobby, crossword puzzles, favorite athlete, Tom Brady, biggest fear, snakes, favorite superhero, Batman, Michael LeBron, LeBron, favorite coach, Paul Peterson, Eagle High School. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake on BYU TV and BYU Radio, presented by 
Intermountain Healthcare. Uh, Tanner had just the beginnings of a mustache at that point, and then the mustaches began to take over all over the team. Uh, clean shaven, clean shaven, clean shaven. Who's still keeping it around? Pew, Grimes? Pretty much everyone but me and Coach Clark. So, yeah, Roderick's doing it. Follow <laughs> yep. Slev, they're still keeping it around. Yeah, yeah. They're still keeping it. I, I teach 13- uh, and 14-year-olds in church, and they looked at me weird every Sunday with that, so I had to get rid of it as soon as I could. All right, let's, uh, let's turn uh, Fessy and uh, Austin over to Cougar Nation for a bit here with some Q&A. Let's start here in our live audience. We have at the mic. Josh, oh, no, we have Brenton Farrell. Hello, Brenton. Hi, Greg. Hey. So this is a question for Fessy. Can you describe the moment that you knew that you were going to be a coach, that coaching was the job for you? Yeah, it's it pretty interesting. I actually finished when I was done playing at Southern Utah. I, uh, I started my MBA. I had zero intentions of being a coach. Um, I wanted to actually be a sports agent and was going to get ready to go to law school. And so to pay for that master's program, um, Ed Lamb gave me a graduate assistant uh, job. And, and um, kind of just how our family is is, is – Everything we do, we give it all we 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 uh, have. And so, about six months into the into the job, our receivers coach had left at SCU, and and Coach Lamb had, had offered me the receivers job. And I didn't understand the the dynamic of coaching at that point. And so, obviously, I, I called the number one lifeline of coaching, and he he told me to to, to take it. Um, you know that that the business world will basically always be there for me. But if I if I love what I do and give it a year, and then I've got my foot in the door that that people wait years for. And so. When I when I I, I kind of didn't plan for it, and so I just went with the flow, and I quickly realized that that was that was my calling, and I loved it, and and it's it's been great ever since. So um, it wasn't one of those deals when I got a job. I was like, yes, my dreams have come true. It's just one of those where I was like, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and just throughout time, it's I got more and more confirmation that this is this is what I should do. So good, Brenton. Thanks. Nice question uh, from social media for Austin. From Big Louie on Twitter, Coach Grimes has complimented you on your progress since uh, January. What specifically have you done, and what are your key improvements? Uh, I think the first thing I really focused on this summer is changing my body composition. I wanted to gain about another 15 pounds, dropped 3 to 4% body fat, just working with our nutritionists over the summer. And now I, I feel like that was a big step for me. And then during the season, I think starting spring ball is carried over throughout the season. I've just tried to be more, more physical and nasty on the field, just kind of having that edge where I can just run people over. And that's something that I feel like has grown a lot, especially this season. But always smiling off the field. Uh, yeah, back in I, have, stu- I have to be nice off the, off the <laughs> back field. Back in studio. Now it's Josh. <laughs> Hello, Josh Bear. Hey. So my question is for uh, Fessy. So with you being on the offensive coaching staff, what would you say we can do as a team to get more big plays out of the passing game? Um, number one is we take full ownership. When any time a ball is up in the air, we've got to find a way to, to come down with it. And Coach Grimes does a great job at preaching the message that the passing game involves everyone with protection and, and quarterbacks going through their reads and all that stuff. But as a receiver group, we, we understand and we put it on ourselves that no matter what, when the ball's in the air, we've got to come down with it. And so that's it, n- number one, with, uh, in terms of big plays, because the rest of the guys, they're doing their job. We've got a great run game going on, and we're bringing a lot of defenses down and loading the box. And so we've just got to, we've got to execute and capitalize on those plays. And as the year goes, I think we're going to continually uh, see those increasing. Josh, thank you. Uh, from social media, again for Austin, at BroyalBlueCoog on Twitter. What is more rewarding to you as a lineman, creating a huge hole for a running back to break a big run, or pass protection that gives your quarterback time to complete a big pass? That's a great one. Um, I think for me, I really enjoy probably the pass. 
I think just having good pass protection and just seeing the ball kind of go up in the air and just that that moment where you're just seeing the wide receiver run down and when he makes the catch, it's just a great feeling to be able to run down and just get ready for the next play. I think that's one of the more exciting parts for me. Okay. Uh, for Fessy from social media, Marion underscore Joel underscore 13, you know who you are on Twitter. Fessy, what kind of Nikes are those? Oh. Um, Let's see what we got here. What do we have? <laughs> I have no idea what they're called, but... <laughs> They were free, so I got them. I like them. <laughs> and they were blue on it, so I, I don't know. I'm sure you can Google it. Take a picture, and technology today will tell you in 10 seconds what kind of shoes they are. But All right. sorry, I don't know. Apparently, they've already made an impression on someone out there. Good. So good. that's good. Good stuff. Hey, guys, thanks for coming. I know you're right off the practice field usually when you come in and do this. And uh, so appreciate you making time for us and coming on in. It's been fun. Thank you. Appreciate All right, thanks you. a lot. We'll come back with more from Kalani and uh, break down our final segment. Speaking of breaking down, it's breaking down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review Tuesdays at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. We are back after this to wrap up BYU football with Kalani Satake. All right, coming up this Saturday, it is number 20, BYU at number 11, Washington. It's a top 20 matchup, and we'll have the radio pregame show for you. It's 6.30 Eastern time, 4.30 in uh, the Mountain Time Zone. And that'll be on Cougar Pregame Live, BYU Radio. One hour later on BYU TV, it's countdown to kickoff. Then the game can be seen on Fox Coast to Coast and heard on BYU Radio. That'll be at 8.30 Eastern Time. And then join us on BYU TV and BYU Radio for all of our postgame coverage right after the game. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Presented in part by Smith's. Low prices, market fresh at Smith's. Well, Kalani, it's another, it's another crucial contest in a legendary venue. Great place up in Seattle. Two nationally ranked teams, national TV, national radio. One of the reasons your guys play here are for games like this. It's big games. It's big names. It's an independent schedule. Days like Saturday is what it's all about. Yeah, and the guys are really excited for it, and you can, t- you can sense it right now in the preparation. So um, it's, I think it's a good setup for us right now to go into Seattle and have a good time and have a lot of fun and, and We'll play hard, and we'll have, a, we'll have a chance to have a good showing. A couple times this year already, uh, before the Arizona game and, and before the, uh, the Wisconsin game, you sat here and talked about how uh, you know, ex- external expectations are such that you know, the home team's expected to win the game. Let's just go play loose and see how it turns out. Having worked hard, of course, during the week, so you've done it already. You have already know what, know what that feels like. Yeah, and, and, and the preparation is going really well right now. We'll be ready by the time we get there to Seattle. And... I think it's important for us to let loose and have a great time. That's going to be our key this this uh, this season. Is every week, um, just really playing like you have nothing to lose, and it doesn't matter who the opponent is. And it just happens to be a high-ranked team right now, and, and a team with a, with a lot of good talent. But we've been here before, you know. And so um, I'm, I'm excited about this this matchup. Our guys are really excited. I love the the the, the feeling that we had pregame going into the Wisconsin game. That's going to be the goal. I think. Our guys are going to have a lot of fun because that's a way of showing gratitude um, to, to the people that have worked hard to put them there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see what the score is at the end. All right. Should be a fun one on Saturday. Love to see you here in studio. See you with us next week, fans. Four seats. Go to BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show to get your seats for next Tuesday's show. And we'll do it again next Tuesday at 8 Eastern for Austin Hoyt and for Fessy Satake and Kalani Satake. I'm Greg Rubel. This has been BYU Football with Kalani Satake. We'll see you next week. You're on BYU TV and BYU Radio.